you really need a deep expertise. And so people with deep expertise were coming to me also over the past decade and saying, please teach me how to do what you do. And I am really, I'm like the cheerleader. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I, I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not gonna happen overnight and you're gonna make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello, my name is Kara Myers, and this is episode 22 of the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. I hope you all had a wonderful time over the holidays. We took a little break here, but now we are back to the normal programming. We'll be coming out with a new episode every Tuesday, and I cannot wait to share some of the interviews we've got coming up. We've had some amazing guests so far, and I cannot wait to share. But today's guest I'm particularly excited about because I am talking to one of the leading experts in travel planning. Madeleine Jouar founded Italy Beyond the Obvious over a decade ago after years of being the go-to person for friends and family members' questions regarding travel to Italy. Madeline had lived in Italy for several years, spoke the language, was super passionate about the culture, something that I also am very, very passionate about, and eventually decided to turn her knowledge and expertise on Italy into a business. And this was before travel planning which is different from being a travel agent. This was before this was really a big thing. So she's really one of the pioneers of this movement of travel planning. So in today's episode, Madeline tells us all about her journey on how she became that travel planning expert, how she founded and grew Italy Beyond the Obvious. But she also breaks down the differences between travel planners and travel agents, which I think is something that is really important because there are some distinct differences in terms of the way each makes money, the legal implications for both. And of course, there's pros and cons on either side. And she's not necessarily advocating that you follow down a particular route. But this just gives you a bit more insight into what those differences are. And then, of course, what she recommends for becoming an expert travel planner. So after founding Italy Beyond the Obvious, Madeline founded, and this was just a few years ago, Madeline founded Travel Beyond the Obvious, which is this incredible program which teaches people how to become successful travel planners and run their own business. So she really, again, breaks down how you get started, how you can find your first customers, and discusses the importance of niching down and having an expertise in a particular region or a particular area. So it's a fascinating interview. We've had a few travel planners on the show before, some of you may remember Brianna Glenn from episode three when she talks about her Instagram strategies for personal branding as a travel planner. And also we've had much more recently Nicole Barrett of the Travelpreneur Academy 
which is her online program for teaching travel planners, email marketing, and list building strategies. That's episode 16, if you haven't heard it already. But this is the first episode we have dedicated that really breaks down A to Z, what is a travel planner and how you can succeed building your own travel planning business. So it's a fantastic episode. I felt so inspired by the end of my conversation with Madeline, and I've been waiting to share this episode for such a long time, but it's finally here. So I hope you enjoy. Again, if you are a regular listener and you are a fan of the show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It makes such a difference and it's so appreciated. So please consider doing so or just even sharing this podcast with your friends. I want to do everything I can to continue to grow it through 2022. I've got lots of plans for it and getting your feedback on the show is really a, a driving force for me to continue doing it. So thank you so much. But I don't want to delay this any longer because this episode has been months in the making, literally. So let's get to it now. Here is Madeleine Jawar of Italy Beyond the Obvious and Travel Beyond the Obvious. All right. Hi, Madeline. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. I'm super honored to have you here because you bring so much knowledge and experience. And yeah, I can't wait to hear about all your businesses. Hi, Kara. It's great to be here. Thank you. Now, I'm super interested in your story, how you got into travel and how you've built travel beyond the obvious and Italy beyond the obvious. Because as I just shared with you, I love Italy. I'm obsessed with Italy. So if you could share a little bit about how you came to love Italy as well and how that turned into your career path. Oh, I'd love to share this story. Um, yeah, I spent about five years in Italy and it was about four different times. So I went to Italy for the first time as an exchange student after high school. And then I just kept going back. I went back for a summer as a nanny. I went back. Then after college, I went back and guided hiking and biking tours for Butterfield and Robinson. And those were sort of week-long uh, tours. And I was there for three seasons. I did 15 tours. So that was sort of a year and a half. And then I got hired into international operations. Actually, one of my Butterfield and Robinson clients hired me. So we were biking in Tuscany and she said, you know, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And at that point, I really was, you know, having this nomadic life where I just wanted an address. My clothes were covered in bicycle grease. I was kind of ready to move on, and I, I sort of said I would love to get into international operations, not really knowing what that was, but it sounded pretty sexy. And she was like, oh, come and work for me. And I said, what do you do? Um, and so that was that was the beginning. Um, so I worked for Aero Electronics, which is an electronic semiconductor distributor, not at all in travel, but I was on this international operations path. So I moved to New York to be trained for a year and a half. Then they sent me to Sweden for almost two years. And then I finally got to go to Italy. Um, so I was then in Milan for two and a half years with Aero Electronics as the Southern European operations manager. But at that point, that assignment was uh, marked basically five years in Italy. And, you know, once you've lived there, people are like, especially working for Butterfield and Robinson, people are like, where should I go? What should I do? Where should I go? What should I do? Where should I go? What should I do? Like, I was the go-to person for everything <laughs> Italy. And I loved it. And so people would call me and they would say, where should I go? What should I do? And I was like, oh, I have so many ideas and ta-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, 
And so I did that for about 10 years, just for friends and family. I was the go-to Italy family travel planner. Um, and I really was just giving people ideas and sharing my own favorite places with them. So that wasn't paid at all. That was just you sharing advice with friends and family? Yeah, I was working at Aero Electronics for eight years. I worked there for eight years. So yeah, during my time in New York and then my time in Sweden and then my time in Milan, um, I was just doing it on the side. Um, and then I quit that job because it was just way too much travel and I wanted to have kids. And so when I had my kids, I quit that job. And I thought, I want to get into the travel industry. And I sort of didn't know what, like, I thought I had to become a travel agent. And so I looked into becoming a travel agent. And I signed up for all the travel agent newsletters. And I, to be honest, I got really annoyed because I was like, these people are just marketing at me. Like, they're just trying to get me to sell their stuff. And I don't need their stuff. I know how to put together trips. I know I lived there. I, I know the small towns. I know the logistics. I know the train schedules. I know the local holidays. I know how to search for amazing accommodations. I don't you know, and, and the, I just wanted to get paid. I was leaving a corporate income. So I thought I'll just put up a website and charge fees like a consultant or an accountant or a lawyer or, you know, fees for my time and my expertise. And let's see if anybody will go for this. And that was 13 years ago. And wow. I now have two travel planners working for me and a project manager. So it, it works. It works. The fee-based expertise, travel planning is something people need, people want. So for someone who's maybe, maybe they have an interest or knowledge of a particular destination and they have an interest in working in travel, but they're not really sure if they want to go down the travel agency route or the travel planning route, could you clarify a little bit about what the, the difference there is? Yeah. And that's a great question. So I call myself a travel expert. I'm a fee-for-service travel expert. I go deep. I have deep expertise. I work directly with the client. I don't choose um, hotels or activities or anything based on commissions. I charge my fees, which are separate, and then everything else is totally transparent to the client. So I don't sell packages. There's no middlemen. There's no markups. And I am the expert who works directly with the client. Whereas a travel agent, it's a different business model. So travel agents sell other people's travel packages, which means, so there's pros and cons to that. So the pros is that the travel agent can send you to Thailand one year and to Mexico the next year and to Italy the next year. And the customer can work with the same travel agent every year because the travel agent is like, you love that place in Thailand and I think you would love this place in Mexico. And so they're selling, they don't have as much um, depth of knowledge, but they have the relationships to be able to pick, you know, the great experiences for their customers but they get paid through commissions. So they sell a package that's $20,000, whatever it is. And in there, there are other, there are markups, there are middlemen, and there are the travel agent commissions. 
And so people sometimes think like, oh, I don't pay my travel agent anything. Well, yes, you do. (laughs) It's wrapped up. It's in that package. And so whereas what I do is, you know, the, the travel agent, if you say, hey, I have a question about this high floating market tour. The travel agent is going to have to then go call someone else and say, I'll get back to you. And then they'll get back to you. Whereas I'm the expert that works directly with my client. If, if my client says, I want to go to do a cooking class in Tuscany, I'm like, great. Do you want an Italian grandmother on a farm or do you <laughs> want a chef in Chef White's where you get a certificate and an apron at the end of the class? You know, like I am the expert, but I only do Italy. I only go very narrow and very deep and people come back to me all the time and they say, you made this fantastic custom trip for us. Who else does what you do for other countries? Or will you do France for us? Will you do Switzerland for us? So I get that all the time. Right. And did you have to go through any licensing to become an official travel planner in the same way that you might have to to be a travel agent? Because I know there's a, there's some legal hoops that you have to jump through on the travel agency side of things. Yeah, that's a good point. So if you are a travel agent, you are a tour operator, which means that you are taking the client's money and you are paying the vendors. So when that client pays you $20,000, you need to put that into an escrow bank account. It's not your money. And then you need to use it to pay the vendors. And so there's there's legal implications there. Uh, you need to have insurance. And the thing about what I do is I don't need any of that. I don't take the client's money and pay the vendors. I'm not a tour operator. And it makes my accounting super easy because I take my fees and I get paid as a consultant. And then everything else, I use the client's credit card to pay directly. So I have no escrow account. I have my I have li- a liability clause in my client um, agreement. And that covers me. And so it's a much, much simpler business model. But you're right. Somebody who's listening to this and thinking, I want to be a travel agent, there are additional considerations. With your services, are you offering every everything within that package? So from booking the flights to accommodation and all the activities in between, do you go into that much detail? Yeah. So um, we offer uh, two levels of service and both of them are A to Z. And so we start with how much time do you have and what's your budget and what are your interests? And we start, I have a five-step process, which I'm happy to go into, um, but we start with the creative overall itinerary. You know, why are you going to Italy? Have you been there before? Who are the travelers? How much energy do they have? What are your interests? And in 13 years of doing this, I've never created exactly the same itinerary twice. Sure, I've done lots of Rome, Florence, Venice, and I've done lots of Tuscan villas and all that kind of thing, but the exact same Mm -hmm. itinerary, never done that twice because that's the creative part at the beginning where we put together the itinerary that's exactly ideal for that group. And so, yeah, then we move step two is accommodations. Step three is logistics and or is tours and activities. Step four is logistics and step five is food and restaurants. So we move through the process and with at every step, I say, here's what I think you would love. What do you think? And then the client says yes to that, no to that. So the recommendations are all curated. So people come to us a lot of time because they're um, in information overwhelm. You know, it's so interesting because when when travel agents, when the travel agent job started, whenever that was in the 50s, or, you know, we relied on travel agents because they had the brochures, right? We didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. We went into a travel agency, we looked at brochures and we were like, oh, I want to go there and do that. And the travel agent was the person who could book it. You know, we didn't, we couldn't click and book things online. And so it was a really valuable 
service, right? That to have someone book a trip. And now we can all go online and do our research. But now the issue is information overload. Now I want curated recommendations. Now I want somebody who knows this area, who's an expert in this area to help mm-hmm. me figure out what's best for me. So while the travel agent, I know and love many travel agents, it's, I'm not, you know, what, what we do is, is parallel and complementary. I don't see it as competition. It's just a different type of service for maybe a different type of customer. And that customer Mm -hmm. is often an information over overwhelm. So when I send my curated accommodations, I send, you know, sort of three, I'm like, these are available for your dates in your budget, according to your preferences in excellent locations. And so here are three that I think you would love. But yeah, it's soup to nuts. And then they go to Italy. We have an app, which everyone loves. They have oh, updated wow. information at their fingertips. So they were if, if the local guide calls me and says, hey, my cell phone number changed, I'm sitting in San Francisco. I can update the cell phone number. The clients in Italy, they refresh their app and they have the new cell phone number. That sounds fantastic. I mean, you've clearly built an incredible business and Italy beyond the obvious seems to have set a really high benchmark for travel planners. And you got in there early and now you're not just planning travel, but you're teaching how to plan travel to other to other people. Can you talk to us a little bit about your second business, Travel Beyond the Obvious? I would love to. This is my passion right now. And so Travel Beyond the Obvious teaches people who already have deep destination expertise how to set up an online travel business in eight steps. And Travel Beyond the Obvious was born, you know, it for a decade, my clients were saying to me, who else does what you do for other countries? Would you do France for us? Would you do Switzerland for us? And I'm just like, I can't, you know, I probably spent six months in French, I, France. I speak fluent French and I can't do France for people. Like my depth of knowledge, it would take me so long. And so you really need a deep expertise. And so people with deep expertise were coming to me also over the past decade and saying, please teach me how to do what you do. And I am really, I'm like the cheerleader. I'm like, you go, you can do it. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Let me show you how. (laughs) I'm an open book. Ask me anything you want. And so for probably a decade, people would write to me and they would say, you know, how do I get clients? And I would say, here's what you do. And then they would be like, okay, now I have a new problem. Okay, how do I work efficiently? Now I have too many clients. I'm like, here's what you do. And then they're like, what tools do you use? I'm like, oh, here are the tools I use so you can work more efficiently. And so I was writing these emails to people just helping them set up their own online travel businesses. And then this one woman wrote me, I was like, send me your questions. And she sent me a six page Google Doc of questions. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> there was a lot. You know, you sort of, I, I sort of built Italy beyond the obvious with co- what I kind of thought was common sense. But then when I look back, I realized I made a lot of decisions and, you know, thought about a lot of things. And so I went back over all the emails I'd written and put everything in kind of an order. And then I realized I had a course. And so I wrote to all these people. There were 47 people. I had an email folder that I called. I named the folder people asking me for advice. And so I went into this folder. I emailed all these people. And I said, hey, I will record a video for you, a video course on how to set up an online travel business. If you will pay me, you'll be the guinea pigs. 
Um, so I'll do lesson one and then I want feedback and then lesson two and then I want feedback and then lesson three. And I got enough people who signed up who said yes. And so this was in early 2018. Um, so I made this video course and it was like eight steps here, do this. And it's very hands-on. It's not like theoretical. It's like, do this. Okay. You did that. Now do this. Okay. You did that. Now do this. Okay. You know, um, and just holding their hand uh, uh, every step on the way. And what we realized, so that, that was, that was, I was going to be done with that. That was going to be videos in my Google drive. And then when people emailed me to say, teach me how to do what you do, I was going to say, pay me some money and here are the videos. Well, then I met my business partner who had such a much bigger vision. I was running Italy beyond the obvious and I was, and I had a business coach and my business coach was like vision, big vision. And I had this big vision for Italy beyond the obvious. And I was focused on that. And my business partner was like, but wait, but travel beyond the obvious could be huge. Nobody else is doing this. Our students are so engaged and they just really loved the community. We didn't realize how huge the community would be. But you can get, it can be a very lonely job because the people who come to us are people who are doing it anyway. They're doing what I did, right? They were doing it anyway. They either lived in the destination or they were from the destination. They were planning trips anyway. And they were like, you can teach me how to earn money from this. Sign me up. But then you get busy and then it can be really lonely. And so the community is so valuable. We go in, we have a Facebook group and people are always like, hey, I'm on lesson one. I have this question. What did you do? Or, hey, I've not even related to the lessons, but I've got this issue, you know, and there's, it's so supportive. Um, and so now we've got probably like 20 or 30 travel planners in this little um, community. And we have, we, um, during the pandemic, we said, what do you guys need? They said, we want a certification. So we set up a certification. We have like ongoing training. We have monthly Q&A calls to support them, you know, mastermind calls. It's, it's, it's blossomed into something much bigger. That sounds fantastic. Is enrollment open year round or do you release it at certain dates? It's open all the time because it's a self-paced. So it's the eight lessons and some people, a lot of people are working full time and doing it on the side and it takes them four months, six months. And some people dive in and they get through it in sort of eight to 10 weeks. One piece of it is uh, the, the, the second step or the second lesson is about how to get customers to find you through organic search. You know, I just teach what mm -hmm. I built at Italy Beyond the Obvious, and I never spent a dime on marketing. I never bought Google ads, never bought Facebook ads. I just created um, content on my blog that would get indexed by Google and customers would find me. So I teach how to do that. And so that's pretty time consuming, you know, figuring out keywords and putting together a blogging calendar and then actually writing SEO friendly way and then waiting for Google to index you. So the people that quote unquote blast through the course, they still have to, they still have to wait for all that to happen. So, but what that meant is that the pandemic was actually a great time to build a travel business. Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you find that a lot of what worked for you when you, you were building Italy Beyond the Obvious uh, what was it, 16 years ago. Do you think a lot of those strategies still apply today or are there things that have changed that work better or worse today? So that's an interesting question. Yeah, a lot has changed over um, the last 13 years. And I, what I say in the lessons is 
that I'm sharing what, what I did. I'm sharing what worked for me. Um, but my way isn't the only way. It's not the quote unquote right way. And I also talk about different approaches. So I'm sort of involved in the community, the travel community, and, and I know how other people do things. And so as I'm talking in the lessons, I'm saying, here's what I did, but you could do this or this or this. And really good examples of that are, for example, the first step um, in lesson one is think about your service, your product, your pricing, right? So what service are you going to offer? Are you going to give an email? Are you going to charge for your time and send your client just email advice? That could be fine. You send them advice over email, they pay you for your time, and then they go book everything. That's totally, that's a service, you know, lots of people offer. Or you could do what I do, which is white glove soup to nuts on trip support. And there are many shades of gray in between. So I really want to guide people to not to just copy what I did, but to set up the best business that really matches their skills and their expertise. Although I do say that, you know, imitation is, is the highest form of flattery. So if someone's stuck, I'm like, just go to my website and see what I did. Like, just start there and then tweak it for you. But I also learn from my community and, you know, there's new tools being, you know, I, I was an, an, another example of this recently is this uh, one of my trip planners who's based in Assisi was saying, was commenting on some, there was some process that was totally convoluted. And she's like, why do you do this this way? It was like signing an agreement or something. And I was like, well, that's how I've always done it. And she's like, you know, there's DocuSign, right? And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, And so there's stuff that I, you know, I learned from, from other people too. And we have these, these monthly Q and A calls for the community. And every now, I mean, I'm taking notes all the time, you know, people, somebody asks a question and somebody else answers and, and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, so we all learn from each other. Um, I'm not professing to be like the, the know all correct answer. There's lots of ways to, to solve the problem. That's great. I love the community aspect of it. Do you so is the course set up as a chronology of if you're just coming into it and you have an idea that you might want to go down this career path is step 1 in the course or module 1 is that the first thing that you should be focusing on in in trying to make that career happen? Yeah, the steps are set up so that if you have destination expertise and you want to start a travel business, you could follow the steps and start with step one and end with step eight and have a, have a travel business for somebody who's brand new. What we found is that there are a lot of people who already have a travel business and they have found a few of the lessons extremely valuable um, as standalone lessons. So lesson two is about how to create content to attract customers. You know, there are lots of people who they're like, I have a travel business, you know, how do, how do I get customers or how do I get a consistent stream of customers? So lesson two is really a standalone that, that so many people have found valuable. Um, lesson four is also another standalone. It's about my five-step process that I talked about earlier. And this is really, mm. um, you know, when you start a travel business, you're like, how do I get customers? And it's kind of a new level, new devil, right? Like you, you get to the next problem and it's like, okay, now I have too many customers and now there's too many details. <laughs> and how do I keep, this was all in my head when I had one customer or two customers, but now that I have 17, mm -hmm. what do I do? And so lesson four is about my five-step process. And I talk about how to set it up and how, 
the tools and and again like people with existing travel businesses have just found that very valuable um as a standalone lesson um and then the yeah. third um the third lesson that i we often recommend to people with existing travel businesses is the lesson seven which is tools and we just go through all the tools so how to keep yourself organized and it, what it comes down to is working efficiently right like once you have you know, a steady stream of clients, it's like, okay, how can I use my time? If it's only me, how can I work as efficiently as possible? And so that's where the tools can really help. And then you get to a point where like, okay, I'm working efficiently and now I need to bring someone else on. What would you say if you're working alone, what's kind of the max number of clients someone could do in a year without being overwhelmed by the workload? Or does it depend on the complexity of the trip? It depends on what services you're offering. And um, so for my services, um, and, and it also depends on your destination. So we have, so for Italy, my clients are uh, North Americans, mostly Americans and 10% Canadians. Um, they're Americans traveling to Italy. And when Americans travel to Italy, they go for 10 days or two weeks or three weeks. But nobody goes to Italy for a weekend. Uh, from the U.S., mm -hmm. right? So my uh, product is usually is a, is an average of about twelve days. Um, and so, how many trips can I personally handle a year? I have two travel planners who work for me, so I'm trying to remember back. Um, but I personally could probably do twenty five trips a year with all the systems that I have set up in place. Um, the other thing is that I have a um, I will, I don't advertise this, but if someone says, you know, I already have a Tuscan villa booked, I don't need soup to nuts, I don't need the overall itinerary and the accommodation, I just want you to do activities for me, I have an hourly rate. And so I usually have, like right now, I'm probably working with about five different people on my hourly rate. And I don't advertise that because I only can do it if I have time. But that's again, mm. like how many quote unquote trips can I do? You know, it's, it's, it's a hard, um, right. it's a hard thing, but it's an important question. And it's actually part of lesson eight is to say, fit, track your time, figure out what your capacity is. Because when you have clients asking you in September, Hey, I want to travel in June. And you just say, yes, 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 yes. And then you hit mm. April and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> like I, you know, I've got all these <laughs> trips about to depart. So it's a really important um, thing to think about. And we talk in lesson eight, we talk about how to measure it, how to track it, how to, how to keep it top of mind, make sure that you're not, um, you need to know how, how much, what your minimum is so that you can pay the bills mm. and you need to know what your maximum is so that you don't get into stress overload. Yeah, it sounds really valuable because it's so hard to predict, especially if you're just coming into that role, um, to predict what that workload will look like in reality, because I think it's very tempting, especially at the beginning, to say yes, yes, yes all the time, but you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. Exactly. And in those situations. And also the five-step process helps people think about that too, because um, for Italy anyway, and I encourage people to think about how the five steps works for their country or their destination. Mm. But for Italy, like if someone hires me a year in advance, I can do the hotels right away. And then it's probably, I'm going to be silent for six months before I can even call the local guides. Because if I call them, they'll say, I, I haven't opened my diary yet for, you know, like I've got two trips right now, people have hired us for 2023 and 
I, I can't, there's a lot I can't do. And so when you're mm. thinking about your workload, you need to think about those five steps and be like, okay, next June is when I'm going to have to be working on this trip. And so it's not like an even, right. It's not an even workload. Um, so it yeah. is, it's a really key point. But the other thing we encourage people, um, people always want to know how much money am I going to make? They're always like, I'm coming from this good job. How much am I going to make? So I actually wrote, and my answer is, I'm sure it's like so annoying to people, but my answer is always, it depends. <laughs> like you have to think about how much <laughs> you're going to charge, what services are you going to offer? But we help people work through that and do the math because you, you don't want to get to the end and be like, I can't live on this. You want to be from the beginning, say, how much do I have to charge? How much do I, you know, how long does it take me to deliver my service? Be patient because it takes a little bit to ramp up. But then when you get there, is this a an income that you're good with, you know. Just to go back to getting clients. So you talked about content marketing being a key part of your strategy. What other marketing tactics do you encourage your students to use? So there's this no like and trust thing, right? That's before anybody's going to hire you as a as their as their travel planner, they have first have to know you and then like you and then trust you and then when they trust you they'll they'll give you money, right? Um, and so what we say is we tell our students, you must be Googleable. And so that's partly your website, but you need to be Googleable. And for our <laughs> certification, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word, but for our certifications, after people have done the eight step course, if they want to be certified, we have two levels of certification, silver certification for people who have just done the course and don't have clients yet, and gold certification for people who have either done the course and then got clients or just existing travel businesses who want our gold certification without doing our course. And the certification is a four-step process. And in the first step, we um, do an evaluation of what you've implemented. And one of the very, very important things for an online travel business, you don't have brick and mortar, people are searching online and you and they're going to type in your company name your name they're going to say who is this person who's behind the website right. is this a real person do i know them do i like them do i trust them do i want to give them my money am i even going to click to schedule a call am i even going to email them and so we tell people there isn't like a right way to do it you just you know maybe you you don't have to be on every single social media platform you don't have to be on all of it but you have to be on some of it like you can't just have your about page on your website and that's it and show up nowhere else. You know, you should set up your LinkedIn profile, go on Pinterest, go on Instagram, set up a fate, whatever it is, what, whatever is floats your boat. You know, one thing we do really encourage people to do first, if they're overwhelmed, is set up a Google My Business page because that puts you in the search, you probably are aware of this, but it puts you above everything else in the search. If people type mm -hmm. in your business and you have a Google My Business page, it really, really helps. Um, and so you can do, you know, give advice to people and then ask them for a, a, a rating on Google My Business. And even if you have three ratings, it, it, it really, really helps. But yeah, in terms of marketing, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't do, I used to do kind of travel shows and I just found them so time consuming, you know, where I would buy a booth and talk to people and I just found the ROI was not necessarily worth it. Like I really enjoy it. I love chatting with people. I love talking about Italy, but in terms of getting customers, yeah. 
Italy Beyond the Obvious today is at 50% uh, organic search customers and 50% referrals. So that's how we get our customers today. That's fantastic. And actually, recently we were featured in the Washington Post uh, Sunday travel section. And so I've gotten a bunch from that, which is a totally lucky thing and amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What would you say, or what do you think today is the most important criteria to running a successful travel planning agency? The most important criteria, I would say the secret sauce is customer expectation. Tell your customer what you're going to do and then do it. And you said it earlier, you know, under promise and over deliver. So if I get a customer, let's say they want to go to Italy last minute. I won't, I won't take anyone who is leaving in sort of less than a month, six weeks. That's just way too short. But let's, to me, last minute is two months, three months. Mm. Um, And let's say it's high season. Let's say it wasn't 2020. Let's say it was a normal travel year. (laughs) And let's say they want to go Mm -hmm. to the Amalfi Coast and it was high season and they contact me. I will not say, oh, absolutely, I can help you. No problem. I'll do a fantastic vacation to the Amalfi Coast because I know that the Amalfi Coast hotels are going to be completely booked. And so I will start by saying, you know, I would love to help you. It's high season. Let me see what I can get with your budget. I can't promise anything. I will try my best. And so that's one example. And then I, and then if I can't find anything amazing, their expectations are set. And if I do find amazing, mm-hmm. then I over-delivered. And I think just having that through the entire process and you end up with delighted customers. And and another another um, example of that is, you know, when I start working with a customer, I always say, do you like communication or do you want me to just do my job and ping you when mm-hmm. I'm when I need a decision? Because a lot of people hire us because they're too busy. They're like, I don't have time to create my Italy dream trip. Just do it and let me know when you're done. And some people, the actual planning is just as almost as exciting as the trip. They want something to look forward to, especially now. These people that hired us for 2023, they're excited to be involved mm. in the planning. And so in my project planning uh, software, which is basically checklists, we have a customer engagement checklist where we say to the customer, you know, how, uh, how often would you like to hear from us? We're, we're not, you know, we're, we're not going to, we've booked your hotels and we're not going to book your guides for four more months. Do you want to hear from us once a week? Do you want us to leave you alone? Do you, and so we actually put in reminders to contact the customer. Well, it sounds like you really curate the experience to every customer that you work with, which is why it's, it's such a high-end service that you're providing. Beyond COVID, which we can talk about if you want, but we don't, I'd rather not almost, uh, but beyond that, what are, you, what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced in the last 13 years with running your business? So at the very beginning, I really doubted myself and I, I didn't know if this would work. And there were days when I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I'm not having, I don't have any customers, you know? And I knew I didn't have any customers because I was still building it. But it was like, how do you keep yourself motivated when it's just you? And um, that was tough. And that's what our Travel Beyond the Obvious students really appreciate because we we are their cheerleaders. We're like, go, go, go. You can do this. And so that mm-hmm. was hard for me. And that's what I wish I had when I was at that stage. 
Um, another thing that was challenging for me is that I was shy about tooting my own horn and saying, hire me, you know? And so what I, when I first set up Italy Beyond the Obvious, it was a blog. And there was a little line at the bottom of the blog that said, hire me to plan your Italy trip. But really the blog was like showcasing my Italy knowledge. And so people would come and they would read the blog and they'd be like, great, this is wonderful. And then they'd leave. And so when I did my um, first website, which was in so the blog I set up in 2008, and then when I created the website in 2011, my web designer was like, you need to, this is a business. Like, you need to shout from the, like, the blog is secondary, <laughs> you know? Like, you need to say, yeah. hire me. This is what I do. This is why I'm awesome. Here are my services. Here are my prices, you know? And that was a shift for me. I was kind of shy about it. I was not, it, it, was, it was a mental hurdle. For me to say, mm. now pay me, you know, and you know, one one motivation is that uh, the IRS in the U.S. For people listening to this in the U.S., you get two years with no profits, and then you're not a business; you're a hobby. And so, all of those business expenses that you can take advantage of, you got two years, and then it's a hobby. Right. So that might motivate people to focus more on on the profits. <laughs> I mean, I'm American and I didn't realize that that was the case. And that's really harsh, isn't it? Do you have any last words of advice for people interested in in starting their own travel planning business? Yeah, I would say please get in touch with me. You know, I'm super friendly. I'm super open. I'm not a hard sell. I'd love to talk to anyone who's like, is this right for me? Travel agent versus fee-for-service travel planner. I mean, also go to our website, travelbeyondtheobvious.com. We've got tons of free videos. So I have a video talking about an overview of all eight steps. All of the steps have the first three minutes free. So people can kind of watch the videos and see whether my my teaching style is resonates with them. My Italy team will tell you that I push stuff off to them. Like I get the customer and then I'm like, here you go. You guys have work because I'm really passionate about travel beyond the obvious. And I think it's has so much potential and uh, it's a new segment of the travel industry. Customers want it. People are asking for it and nobody else is teaching this or certifying this. We're the only company that's certifying these travel planners. So I just think it's exciting. I think it's exciting as well. And I really wish you the best of luck with it. And it seems like you're offering a really extensive program that is getting results. So yeah, best of luck with all of that. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with me today. And for anyone that is interested in potentially your travel planning services, they can find you at italybeyondtheobvious.com as well. Yeah, that's right. Thank you so much. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Madeline. Thank you.